0: Baker Mayfield, undraftable,
1: off my board. The
0: Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield.
2: What a beautiful throw by the Baker! Big vista, baby! touchdown.
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. I am... Relaying what's coming. We are doing a uh, dueling mock draft every Tuesday on Twitch, where myself, Stephen Thomas, our draft guru at Brown's Mock Draft, and a guest each week will do three different mock drafts from three different simulators and have it... uh kind of be all over the board with the the values of the players, so on and so forth. It's a really fun thing that if you can join us live, I encourage you to do so. I shared last week's over the weekend. I want to share today's during the week. It's a long one. All three of us go through the entire draft talking about our picks and the decisions around Roster cuts, free agency, so on and so forth. It's myself, Stephen Thomas, Jeff Lloyd. Steve will introduce everybody, but I did just want to let you know what's coming. Hopefully, you enjoy it. A lot of talk about players coming up in free agency and the pipeline of the draft. So many names you're going to hear for the next few months. So hopefully, you enjoy this episode. Can't promise the audio uh, audio quality's great, but we do the best we can through Twitch and other folks, uh, you know, equipment. So let's get over to that mock draft right now.
0: Good evening Cleveland Browns
3: fans welcome
0: back to the OBR Twitch channel I am your host Stephen Thomas as you can see right there Browns Mock Draft on Twitter with me as always is Buinka Buinka the tiki regular uh, viewers know is very bad steal Buinka's rum is very bad. Thank you for tuning in again. I hope you didn't miss last night's show. Uh, uh, Jake Burns and I had uh, Mac Robinson and Abby Mueller on talking free agents. Super fun show went just over an hour talked about a whole bunch of guys and not just the normal names. Uh, it is available right here on the Twitch channel. If you go down to videos at the bottom of your screen, you can watch the last couple of weeks of shows anytime you want. Uh, you can download them and take them with you if you're on a plane, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was a fun show. And we had over 20 new subscribers last night. Let's see if you guys uh, can beat that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we, have, we have a big show on tap for you here tonight, too. As you guys know from last year and then last week was the first one of these. We're doing dueling mock drafts, not just uh, me up here with one uh, simulator. We have not one, not two, but three three different simulators, three different mock drafters, three different mock drafts in order to give you, the viewer, as many uh, guys to talk about, maybe some you haven't heard of, to go research later, all that kind of stuff, and we can discuss the pros and cons of each. It's a fun way that we figured out how to do it. People seemed to enjoy it last year, and they enjoyed it last week, so we're going to be doing a bunch of them as we move along here. Uh, first guy I'm joined with are my uh, two co-mockers here tonight. You know him, you love him. He's the best film breakdown guy in Cleveland, uh, Mr. Jake Burns. How are you, Jake?
3: I am great. I'm excited to do another mock draft, one of many will do, my friend. Let's uh, Let's get the band back together. What do you say?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Before I bring in our next guest, who everybody knows, which uh, mock draft simulator are you using tonight?
3: I am going to use our good, uh, the the orig- the OGs of the simulator. I'm going to use the draft network. That's who I will go with tonight.
0: That's a good one. I will be using, I forgot to mention this before, NFL mock draft database. Uh, not a lot of people know about that one. Not as many as should, I say. Very fun. Uh, super uh, uh, catalogs, uh, super boards, and uh, uh, very colorful too. So if you're uh, like me, and you like shiny things like you did when you were four. It's a great one. Uh, speaking of uh, things that we liked, was, uh, uh, four-year-olds, uh, our, our third compadre here, <laughs> going all the way back to when we f- we used to do this audio on only podcast, on man. Locked on Browns five years ago, texting screenshots of the boards at fans speak back and forth to each other. You know him. He's the host of Locked on Browns, uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, Browns podcasts out there. Mr. Jeff Lloyd, thanks for joining us, Mr. Lloyd.
1: How are we doing, Uh, Steve? I got to say, it's weird sitting here and listening to you host. Uh, So first things first. Uh, But (laughs) I think you're getting it. I think you're getting it. If we're getting the band back together, does that mean I'm like the uh, evil one that was off Finding himself maybe somewhere in a Betty Ford clinic. Possibly. Certainly could be.
3: Well, well but- the millennials, it's like you're the Jonas brother that uh, went solo <laughs> for a while. He, yeah.
0: You're the long-lost blues brother. Okay, you're now that's you're, you're the one there that didn't get put in jail with me and, and <laughs> <Yeah>. Jake. <so. laughs> well, uh, I was and- going to
1: say, and then Jake could later can sit down and explain who the Jonas brothers are to us. So we yes. can do that maybe after yeah. the show. Yeah. Uh, but no, know. always a pleasure to join your your you guys. Answers, and, I think. And yeah. look, uh, it's a fit me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um look it's official uh super bowl has ended um this is where we are at um and actually i was talking with john Costco this morning and it's funny to try to explain to people things that you do like this and so it's like oh well super bowl's over so oh, that must be a nice break for you and he kind of like no nah, uh, not, not really not even not even close uh, it actually picks up i got to go learn about 200 players that i will never cover A day in my life again, Mm -hmm. but I got to crash course them in, you know, basically about two months or so. Um, But, you know, look, it's winter. Uh, It ain't warm out yet. What else we all got to do? Um, But it was, you know, a pleasure to join you guys. Um, For the sake of time, perhaps, because we always run long here, um, I did mine ahead of time. I went with the uh, Pro Football Network Simulator. Um, There's still some adjustments to come there. Obviously, they've done their post-senior bowl adjustment in their rankings. Um, more will come certainly from the combine as far as the underclassmen and starting to, you know, get athleticism and other things in here. So some of the picks may not line up with essentially when you see the way the simulator works. Um, but you know, those things will change certainly over time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've got two months. We keep telling people it's still very early in the process. The boards, the media boards, we should say, are going to change in some cases dramatically. The league's boards are not going to change much. They've been set for a while. People talk about risers and fallers. That's for us. The teams, maybe a little bit here and there, unless something drastic happens, an injury or an off-field incident or something like that. Most guys... Or, or, or unless they have just a horrendous interview process like Ja'Kai Polite a couple of years ago. It is very <laughs> rare for guys to rise or fall uh, a, a whole bunch between now and April. Kevo 680, one of our regulars, thank you for that. We appreciate that. I know you were here um, uh, last night the whole time, and we appreciate that. Uh, Jeff, you are the uh, the guest here. You are the, the mocker from outside of the evil lair here at the OBR. So we're going to give you first pick. You are on the clock. Let's go ahead and pull up your... Uh,
1: your draft here. I can only imagine if you oh, no, guys. Wait. Should-
0: actually, you know what? We were going to, uh, before we do that, yes. uh, my fault. Yes. We're some off-season set- work. Yes. We're going to set uh, free agents first, like we did last week. So, uh, Jake, do you have the list? Because we-, we got together. I can read them. I didn't yeah.
3: type it up, but I can certainly read them. Um, hey, shout out to Patton. Thanks for the man cave love. We're on the process of uh, hardwood floors here. So, we're going to be doing some even more redesigning behind my head here. Um, all right. So who did we decide to keep? Let's go through it. So we decided to keep re-sign uh, guys that we've been pretty consistent with. I think all of us have been consistent on needing to keep David and Joku, right? Needing to keep him around. Obviously last night, Steve, I expressed to you that the number one free agent I want the Cleveland Browns to key, to go get slash keep is Jadeveon Clowney. I'd love to see them run that back. Yep. And I think everybody would love to see them run that back. So, <clears throat> Uh, We're going to go get, uh, keep Clowney around and joke around. We're going to keep MJ Stewart around. We like the flexibility and the growth in the scheme that he saw at the end of the year and a cheaper alternative to what we think Ronnie Harrison will sort of try to push for on the open market. We think we can replicate a lot of that value for the, for a cheaper price point. And then another bargain bin player that we think has good flexibility in the future uh, as as a guy that can do a little inside outside work, uh, Sheldon Day. So we're going to keep him around as well um and then outside free agents uh, sorry otherwise guys that we are going to move on from um jarvis we're going to move on from saw some things today trying to float that he'll be back we don't know we'll see what's going to happen there we are going to move on from him in our world keenum Austin Hooper, we're going to move on from just posted that yesterday. My rationale behind that for OBR subscribers, Uh, check that out. Uh, I think it's a pretty universal opinion, but I tried to put some film behind my reasoning why don't throw it over his head. If he has to lift his arms, it's a nightmare folks. Um, And then we will also uh, in this scenario, move on from JC Treder. Nick Harris will be the center of the future. We'll save some cap right there. Those are guys that we are going to move on from. So keep that in mind. And then in free agency, uh, guys that we are going to pick up and I will put this in a banner for everybody that'll run at the bottom of the It'll screen. Scroll, yeah. Um, guys help me out here. We're going to do,
0: I think we decided on, um, BJ Hill. Interior Hill. defensive lineman from Cincinnati. There's several options there that are good. DJ Jones from San Francisco we picked up last week. Calais mm-hmm. Campbell on a one- or two-year deal I think would be ideal as a stopgap measure. We decided to go with the guy from Cincinnati, BJ Hill, to help shore up the interior of the defensive line. And then of the free agent wide receivers, we kicked it around for a while. And we said, you know what? We think Christian Kirk uh, not only is a very good player, but he gives us the best bang for what his projected contract is going to be. Uh, I think he can, he can go inside. He can go outside. He solidifies the wide receiver room heading into the draft. And he also with that flexibility gives you the option to pick guys that can do certain things. You're not locked into, we have to get an outside guy because we signed a pure slot and free agency or anything like that. So that's what we're going to, that, that's what we decided to do there. Did I miss anybody, Jeff? I don't think so.
1: No, I think we're good with that. Um, and it, it, look, the trader situation is really, really difficult because I know people were surprised when Nick Harris was drafted at the time because most people felt you know Nick Harris was going to be a starting center in the NFL. Um, but J.C. Trader, I, I think, and good for him, and a God bless him and certainly good for the Browns. I think the knee is held up longer than people felt it was going to. Um, but you basically now have this thing with Nick Harris where he's basically doing everything but actually getting to play on Sundays. He has been the starting center in every single practice right. since his first day with the Cleveland Browns. J.C. Treader shows up on Friday, does some things, plays in the games. And, look, we got to see Nick Harris play center once. He played well. But you're in a difficult spot here. Money is going to get tight. And the other thing is people can look at the cap situation and say, oh, well, it's not that bad. But, yeah, you still want to be able to, to compete with some of these teams. Look, the Bengals, they did win the AFC North. They did play in the Super Bowl. They have a ton of room. And you can't say, well, we can't improve our team here due to cap when you could maybe get – if you can get 85%, 90% from Nick Harris that you got from J.C. Treader,
3: Mm-mm.
1: it's a terrible thing to say, but you know you got to start creating some money here for the overall depth of this team, and it's certainly part of the future, but it's part of this year. And you go out, maybe you look at a player like B.J. Hill. It never really worked out with the New York Giants. Got his opportunity here with Cincinnati. They already tied into a big deal. With DJ Reader, I don't <laughs> want. I will add two defensive tackles if I have to. But if you're telling me we can sustain, at least bring in a veteran here who we think can contribute on first and second down, because we know what we think the game plan is for second and long, and certainly for third down, what the game plan is and what the recipe is that the Browns want to do. Um, but you got to start looking at some new faces here, and you know some things they just haven't been able to get right to this point. And look, it's fair. They still are a relatively new front office on their face. And you can't always get everything right. Um, but it's time to start saying, you know, look, defensive tackle, it's been an issue now for two years. What can we do so we're not talking about this in year three, that it's an issue again?
0: Yeah, and, and we've said this before, Jake, but I'm just going to go ahead and reiterate it because we might have some new viewers here. When we say we, we're going to move on from J.C. Treder it's not like we don't think he can play nobody is saying, Oh, you know, he can't play anymore. We got to get rid of him. The guy is still a top 10 center in the league, but like Jeff said, he's, he's another year North of 32, his knees barely let him practice and it's not an insignificant chunk of cap savings. It's like almost 9 million or something Mm -hmm. between those four guys, between Jarvis, Treader, Hooper, and uh, Keenum, just those four it's, quick math in my head, 36, $37 million of more cap space to go out and grab those two wide receivers everybody's screaming for, to go out and grab that big ticket interior defensive lineman that everybody's screaming for, plus still be able to extend David, to bring back Jadevian, to extend Denzel. If Baker has a great year, extend Baker. You know, I mean, that's still up in there. You're going to need that money at some point here in the next couple of years. And $37 $37 million of cap change. I mean, you know, I fall firmly on the side that the cap is a, a construct of a construct. And if there's willingness on every side, there's ways to do things. But you'd rather not have to find those ways unless you absolutely have to. So $37 million is a significant chunk of cap change. Did we did we cover? I think we covered everything in free agency, guys. Well, did we miss we're anything? Add,
3: we probably should add. We only added two guys by my metric, BJ Hill and Christian Kirk. Right. Is there any other position you guys want to hit? I'll add while you think about it. Uh, you know, I just think from my perspective, breaking him down with with uh, with, our, with our with our guy Kyle Murphy throughout the year, like when you give between preseason and the Packers game, you got a guy who's ready in Nick Harris. Mm-hmm. He was drafted to be ready. You've gotten a heck of a bargain. I would call it a bargain. It was a good contract. J.C. Treader was a good contract in mm-hmm. Cleveland. He can play somewhere. I just think that you, you look for where can we pinch a penny to give a penny, and this is an angle that they can do that with a guy who I think is ready to go hyper, hi, better strength at the center position that I even anticipated uh, and, and just phenomenal footwork. Just and Kyle raves about him, man. I we like should say
0: that, you know, we're talking about just, just getting rid of JC Treder. He's still playing well enough. I mean, they're not going to get a one or anything like that, but I would be shocked if they can't find somebody out there yeah. to give them a, a mid round pick, a, a day three pick. I don't know, something, yeah. you know, something like that. Um, a quick, good question here. And we've touched on this a couple of times, Jake. So, uh, Jeff, I'll say what Jake and I have said uh, over the past month or so, and then I'll throw it to you to get your thoughts. I would not want to get rid of Kareem Hunt, but it is his last year of his contract. Okay, and so if there is a situation where high ticket free agent insert name whoever that is and you're really tight and and you need that six million, you could it, it's there. I, I it's a last resort, I think. But Kareem Hunt, especially if you can find a way to keep Dearness, he's going to be relatively cheap for at least one more year. It could be in play, you know, I would say probably 80-20 against, but I can't put it out of my mind at that point that Kareem Hunt
1: might be in some kind of move. This is actually, and I can't believe these words are actually going to come out of my mouth. Um, But you look at what this team did in 2020 as opposed to 2021. One thing you look noticeably at is the amount of time that Kareem Hunt missed in 2021. And you look at him and nothing screams just, you know, game breaker, elite athlete. Like you look at his style and you look at Nick just running with the ball in his hands, just so smooth. And Kareem Hunt, it's more of a... You know, a herky jerky. It's a oh, okay. I need one more yard. There's two guys. I still need to get that one more yard. I am going to kick, fight, claw, scream my way to get this yardage. Um, he his route running is effective, it's not pretty. I I think he was a huge, huge part of a lot of this team's deficiencies this year. I know people want to point the finger at Breaker Mayfield, and we've done this ad nauseum. And unlike some certain radio hosts, look, we're in 2022. We're well past the Browns, a month past the Browns final game. I'm not pointing fingers anymore. I'm not discussing what went wrong. But if you want to say, and it seems to me that nothing's ever brought up, and it's not questioning Kareem and his injuries, but the amount of time Kareem Hunt missed was significant for this team. You know, the more Nick Chubb is on the field, it's kind of a tell. It's either a screen or you're handing it to him. Kareem can run some more traditional routes. You do some things differently within the running game with him than you do with Nick. As much as I love DeArenist and I mean for me I think for DeArenist I'd like to see him maybe go, get an opportunity because he's not as young as people want to think he is for his time in the league. I think Kareem is in a situation where Kareem really wants to be and I think he finally Atlanta feels the Falcons
3: should be calling right now for him. The Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm the uh 49ers should be calling you're right Jeff they could they could get a nice player man
1: yep and I think for Kareem I think this is a spot where he's truly comfortable which has been the issue it's it's finding where he can be himself and where Kareem can be himself he doesn't seem to find his way into any type of trouble and I think playing with somebody like Nick who's so focused so detailed and the game means so much to him it's huge for Kareem and it's one thing that for me has never been talked about enough as far as, you know, what went wrong in 2021, but you look, and it wasn't a knock on the because he certainly played well. There's just a dynamic and a different type of, you know, talent skill set that Kareem brought to this team, brought to this backfield, brought to this passing game that was severely missed. And there were times, you know, even in 20, in parts of 19 where the passing game wasn't working, but they found a way to make the Kareem hunt part of the passing game work. And that maybe could have been a crutch that they could have leaned on this year. You know, obviously, sadly, you know, he had his injury battles as well.
0: Yeah, Jake, uh, going back to your question, all good points, Jeff. Absolutely. It's, you know, again, it's not a guy we want to get rid of. The same would be Jack Conklin, I think, in that same boat. You know, see, for uh, me, Jack, it's different because we know about
1: the injury. Yeah. But for for me, Kareem, we know where we stand. I mean, if we're ready to go tomorrow, right? Sure, we've got Kareem. Conklin it's different see now where you're going with that is that's where when we mentioned today when we were talking some messages you told me we we're going to sign Chris Hubbard and we'd maybe move on from Jack Conklin maybe i'd see that one a little bit more we know kind of what Chris Hubbard can do yeah. obviously they have some thoughts here on James Hudson we don't really know when Jack Conklin's coming back and i and i go back to this and my uh my buddy my buddy Steve uh Steve Morton who's big Texans uh, Titans guy and you know anytime and it was always the thing if jack conklin is 100 healthy he is the all pro tackle you've always seen problem is is because he's built so athletically and he's not built like your traditional chubby offensive lineman he gets dinged the productivity the effectiveness loses a lot with jack conklin and this is obviously now a lot of injuries for jack conklin to this point you don't know when he's coming back uh if you wanted to go that route for a money route. I think Kareem would be more important. And we just did almost a whole season of trying to find a way to patch right tackle. And certainly there's plenty of other ways we could continue to try and patch right tackle.
0: Yeah. I think Conklin is purely based on it. If he's going to be back in time for camp and healthy, I don't think there's, I think it's a less than zero chance. They move on this oh, sure. from him, but if there's any question, then it, then it becomes a possibility jake i as far as uh, getting other guys um uh, other positions in free agencies I, I absolutely think they're going to but i don't think any any of them are going to be significant i think they're going to be lower level well i guess i'll say this is there guys. anybody
3: you just want to throw in as we go into the draft here like is we could you could you can say no but if there's anybody else you guys want to add in any other position is there a position you'd like to maybe add one more player can say, no, we can just draft or or. I, I, I wouldn't mind
0: signing two defensive tackles, the second guy being okay. a, a lower rotation, like a Nathan Shepard type guy, you know, going to be cheap, but you can count on him. You know what you're going to get from him. You know, he's not going to be a star, but when he's in there, he's going to do his job. He'll get you three hustle sacks and, and 15 pressures, 12 pressures a year, whatever he provides, something like that. I think they could do. If there's questions about Conklin, they could definitely add another um, – another tackle if they do move on from J.C. The only guy in the house I think that they think they, they can count on backing up there would probably be um, uh, Blake Hance because they played him there a little bit. But, Jeff, you and I both really liked David Moore out of Grambling last year, played a lot of center at the Senior Bowl, spent the whole year last year on the practice squad, never heard a word about if he was playing center or guard. If they think he can be the backup center, then that's great that might be another place that just one more depth piece along the interior of that offensive line. Cause right now Jake or um, um, Nick Harris is the only guy that has proven he can snap the ball and play with the efficiency that they really need. Uh, Jake, did you have anybody else you wanted to bring in?
3: I'm looking at the D tackle list. Cause that's one place I'd really like to not stretch for a player in the draft at all period because of the talent at that position. Mm -hmm. I mean, who else did you say? Did you say Nathan Shepard? Did I hear that right? Okay. We'll just add him.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay.
3: Um, And, you know,
0: if they move on from um, uh, from uh, Keenum, like we talked about, I know everybody thinks Nick Mullins is just going to step in and that might well be the case, but they may need to go out and get a backup. They may need to go out and grab somebody. I don't think we should do that here because that will open up three hours of conversation about quarterbacks and we'll never get to the draft. But (laughs) it's just something to consider. okay? Okay, a backup out there if they go that route. You know, now, of course, we said all this. 15 minutes from now, there's going to be some massive trade or something, and, and it'll make everything <laughs> we just said sound stupid. But as it sits right now, that's just another place. Just keep your eye on the, the the backup market, not the guys who can come in and start the backup market.
3: All right, let's do it. Let's get to Jeff's first pick. I'll uh, run him on the banner here. As we All right, it. brother.
1: You're up, Jeff. <coughs> okay, now for me, look, this – and, Stephen, you started this obsession, most likely, um, with the first pick here. Until you tell me that it – <laughs> hey, look, I understand the realism of him being selected by the Cleveland Browns at 13 are minute, um, but showing and watching all wide receiver play from this year, nobody had the year that Jamison Williams did. There is no way around it. I think the Browns are truly looking to maybe get some taller guys on the field for Baker Mayfield. Um yeah they're doing it for themselves, obviously, for their overall success. They want to see if it works for Baker. Um, If they end up and it doesn't work out, taller receivers, taller quarterback, that works fine, too. You want to be able to see these guys. So to tell me, you know, that, you know, and I get it with Jamison Williams. I get the injury. I get all of that. Um, you know, but you also need to understand I am a proponent of I, I will be more than okay if the Browns want to move down a little bit from 13. So this way there's a two-fold approach there for me. If I can move down a little bit and probably still have an opportunity to nab Jamison Williams, add myself yet another top 75 pick that can maybe soften the blow of understanding that Jamison Williams might not be ready right away. And I can live with that. But as far as the size, the deep speed, and we've said this for years, vertical. Can we please get Vertical with this team, Jameson Williams, Donovan Peoples Jones. We've seen it a little bit in spurts. Anthony Schwartz still working through. Obviously, can't take his rookie year for what it was. So, but a player like Jameson Williams, this is the size, the production. Um, I know we're not going to get testing numbers. I don't appear to have any concern. Um, the special teams play just gives me a player that shows me I don't think I'm going to have many issues when I have to sit down and do the nuances of blocking or look, I need you to crack back here, but you can't crack back because if you do, it's a penalty. You've got to give me the effect of a crack back, but make sure you don't crack back and like reiterating this nine times. So a player will understand it. So I think a player like Jamison Williams can come in here and you understand that there certainly is a little bit of pause and hesitation. Um, But I look at a team like the Eagles, you know, you hold, what is it? Uh, 15, 17, 19, whatever. The Eagles may say there's two players we want to make sure we get out of these three first round picks. So if I got to move up to at least make sure I'm going to get two of these players, so maybe there's an opportunity there for the Browns to slide in. But you know, even still, Jamison Williams, I- until the dream is dead, it's not dead. Um, but for me, he's been the guy. You know, I-, I guess probably about the time December rolled along, just seemed like he truly fit what they want to do, and as far as you know, increasing big chunk plays, and I, I think he's a guy that will work great with Baker Uh, second round. And you know, this mine's going to be a little bit different because we're going to go around.
0: We're just going to go pick by pick, man. Okay. just going to do pick by pick. So my question is this, uh, and you know, obviously, obviously this is, I'm stating what everyone already knows and you already hit on it. It all depends on the, on the prognosis and the timeline. It all depends on the prognosis. If they say he's going to miss the whole year, he has no chance of playing this year at all. I I'm a I agree with you. I think he's an absolute stud, but I don't know that the Browns are in a position to not get something from their first round pick at all this year. If they if if and these guys keep coming back from these things faster and faster, it's amazing. If they say, you know, he'll be ready to start practicing around the middle of camp or week 1 and so you'll be 8 weeks without him and then he'll be back. Then then it starts to creep back in that I think Jamison Williams is back on the board. Um, so I'm going to, we're going to have to wait for that. And we may never know that only Andrew Barry may know that, but that's obviously the concern there. Jake, I know you are, uh, Ah, uh, pretty adamantly. Uh, You've taken pretty much everybody that has an injury off your list, right? So, your thoughts on him taking? I will
1: James
3: give my Williams. reasoning for it, that not everybody has to agree with. Obviously, I think it's a make-or-break year for the quarterback, and I, think I you're this doing, is this you're is where I'm it. with you because
1: you're not doing justice to Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah okay. you're,
3: you're trying to do everything you can. Like if you end up bringing him back, and that's the result this year, you're doing a disservice to, right. to play the long game at that position. I, I can totally get behind Jamison Williams. He's a stud. I get it. I'm with it. We saw the Jeffrey Simmons thing happen in front of our face. The Browns traded away that pick. Like, would have probably been their pick if they had not traded for Odell. So, like, I totally understand the angle, Jeff, and I'm with it. If they did it, I probably could be fine with it. But I think my angle is, and I think you agree, is like, hey, we're giving this quarterback a chance to prove it when he's healthy. Let's Mm -hmm. supply this guy. I I just wish he didn't get hurt because I Mm -hmm. do think if he didn't get hurt, he was the guy. So, um, totally get it. But I think if if the status quo is unchanged around the draft, I expect them to go get uh, a, a guy that's healthy, just just by 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 situational. I and mean, some of it's, you know, the Browns have put themselves in this spot, so they got to do the best they can with it to make it uh, to make it work. So, yeah. so Jeff takes Jamison
0: Williams, one of the uh, you know five uh, really uh, well. here's the most other most discussed and this is, wide receivers. And, and, and where
1: has he said about him getting hurt? And this is the part that hurts <clears> me the most. If Jamison Williams was playing, maybe for any other school other than Alabama. Jameson Williams wouldn't have been on that field. He would have never played yeah. in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. sorry, it's business. It's business. And especially the fact that he only had one year to go off of—that's the part that makes it really even heartbreaking for him. But I, I totally get what you're saying, Jake. Because you know you, you you you're trying to make some major decisions in 2022, and drafting a player who may not be available—if you want to say—if you just want to say ballpark first five weeks—yeah, and certainly doing your team a little bit of a disservice.
3: Got it. Good stuff. Good Jake, stuff. you're up. <laughs> All right, I. Don't think you love this, but I'm going to take a trade. I don't care if you're him setting the rules, ooh, ooh. Steve. I'm taking Wait a minute. Trade. No, I didn't know this there was, was no rules tonight. Last I don't, week there I, was, I didn't, he didn't put week. any rules on me. So this, I is traded, Jeff, you got to read the fine in print today's
0: daily. I traded in today's daily. So
3: yeah, go for hopefully, <laughs> I am going to take this pick to move back to 25, which is a healthy move back. But I'm going to move back. I'm getting, back. It. I'm getting small. Uh, their second round pick, pick 57. Ooh. Um, and, uh, their sixth rounder, I can, this, this, the other offers I have is pick 15 from Philly, but I only get a fourth back in return to slide back two spots. Not terrible. I also get a sixth in, uh, this year's draft. And then green Bay offered 28 for 59 in their round seven pick. So I'm, I'm just going to give us an example of, uh, uh, accumulating a second round pick because they like a lot of receivers and they're angling that way. So I'm going to take that trade here from Buffalo, maybe, uh, I don't think that the the draft network simulator is the best Steve in terms of trades and how those pan out, but we'll just take this one. So yeah. We'll and uh, for, for everybody who's viewing, if you're new, we try to do different things on all three. So you get as
0: of some variety. So we're not picking the same guys all the time. I will say this, if there is a ser- a, uh, a scenario for a trade down, I would expect Andrew Barry to push as hard as he can for something in the future, you know, instead of one, two and a six, maybe one, two and a, uh, three next year or a four next year or, or something like that, because that's just the way he operates, you know, S- keep stacking for next year so that you have those trade up chips and extra picks and those kinds of things. But uh, you know, yeah, a one, you get an extra pick in the top 60 in this class.
3: Uh, I I'm totally behind that. Yep. So <laughs> options at this spot Um, I need to make the screen a little bigger so everybody can see, hang on. Hopefully that helps a little bit. Uh Zion Johnson heck of a player not a need, Kobe Dean heck of a player not a need. I like Trent McDuffie. Um I like uh Jahan Dotson plenty. I think that this is all ratings based. I have Drake London way higher than 34th personally. He's so young, such inside out versatility. I think he creates a separation based on USC tape I've watched, especially when he got a chance to be an outside receiver more than a slot guy and diversify the route tree. So I like Drake London at pick 25. I do again like Jahan Dotson plenty and think he's worthy of this pick. If London wasn't here, that would be the direction I would go. I like Chris Olave think he's going to be a nice player I do have concerns about creation after the catch the missed tackle rates are really low now again he was in an offense where he just would catch it and be in the end zone so I get that too like I, I like Chris Olave, but the creation stuff I have a little bit of a concern with I just like the total package of uh Drake London so I'm going to take before you before you
0: click it just real quick the guy right yep. above him interesting yeah because yeah. he was top five all year, people kept in my mentions. We got to trade up and take Demarvin Leo. We got to trade up. Mm-hmm. I've seen him look much. I've seen him as low as fifty <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, and it's unanimous. Like everyone is dropping him. His tape <laughs> this year did not measure up to the hype. Will it end up that way? I don't know. But I just wanted to point it out before he went before you clicked and he left the screen there. That's a guy they might be able to get at forty four. That we all thought that they wouldn't be able to get at 13 as recently as a month ago. I just wanted to point that out before you take
3: London. Good stuff. Traylon Burks, yes, win eleven, uh Mr. Pierce. So he was the first <laughs> wide receiver off the board for this uh this simulator. So I'm gonna take Drake London.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and that's the question, uh, Mr. Pierce. Don't know. Uh I think mostly it's the tape the tape this year was not nearly as explosive as last year's tape. It did not, you, you were hoping he was going to take that next step because last year there were so many great flashes and it just didn't show up on a consistent basis. I think it's more that, but I I, I don't like to, to talk about character stuff and all that things. Cause I don't get to sit in a, a room with these young men. I, I, I don't think that's fair for me to say, okay, I am using, as I said at the top uh, NFL mock draft uh, database. I, I like what they do. Uh, they have, and they also have, and I sent it to you guys today, The uh, my go-to list for dates of birth. You want to know about the age guard rail? You want to see how difficult it is to work within that, especially in this class? They have a great database with birth dates in there. Not all of them, but they've got 90, <laughs> 95% of them, and it really helps you focus and eliminate a few guys. So I'm going to go ahead and start it. and We will see who is on the board at 13. We, it looks like, Get our pick of the – yep, not one. Evan Neal, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, the tackles, Karlaftis, O'Havo, Stingley, uh, Washington Tate's Pickett, and Nicobe Dean goes right. So we have – and this is – we should probably talk about this because people are talking about who's going to be on the board, who's not. There's a good chance – you never know, but there's a good chance, guys. This could be the way it ends up. They could have their pick of the litter uh, at, uh, at at 13 for wide receiver
3: absolutely absolutely could you know i don't see it as a gigantic pressing need and i think some teams are going to get hungry for that minnesota spot and maybe try to or even cleveland spot trying to get out in front of baltimore getting out in front of those philly picks Mm -hmm. because they want to get out in front of somebody they know philly's taking with the run back to back Mm -hmm. so look for like pittsburgh at pick 20 uh the saints i believe are pick 18 they could come up hungry for a quarterback they like mm-hmm. so just just thoughts uh about some guys that some teams that are really high odd. To move the up.
0: jets i think are the best chance to to snag a wide yeah. receiver from us because they really don't have a lot of weapons and Pair it with two, two picks Moore, ahead of us you yeah could,
3: you could have a nice duo there for sure so
0: at this point man we have our, our pick of the litter here uh you guys took williams in london so in the interest of of keeping it you know diverse here wilson or burks man do you like ice cream or ice cream good grief <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I throw a dart at this point, really. I, I mean, holy mackerel. You know what? Um, I I really like Garrett Wilson. Uh, I think if this is the board, if you ask me to pick right now on February 15th, I think Wilson is probably their top guy. But because I'm going to have people yelling at me, if I don't take him, I'm going to take the big dude from Arkansas. Uh, trail on Burks. There's just not much. And and I've got some video of him here. We should go ahead and share that. I. I worked on it all day. Um, Oh, I bet. So uh, let's see where I can find (laughs) it. Evil Layer
3: Productions.
0: Yes. Um, Where did I put it? There we go. Oh, Traylon Burks. There we go. This guy, 6'3", 225. You shouldn't run like this if you're that size. He's very fast. Now, there are questions about uh, his route running uh, and his releases because... The situation he was in at Arkansas, they had such inconsistent quarterback play and a credit to the coaching staff down there. They just found any way they could to get the ball in his hands. They lined him up anywhere, created stuff for him, schemed things, easy throws, easy catches. But as you can see, that's not all he did. It's not like he can't do those things. There's just questions about you know, it might take a little bit for him to get up to NFL speed on some of the finer points of playing the position. And he also – people look at 6'3", 225, Jake – And they automatically think he's an X because he's got a prototypical X body. I think 83% or 84%, something like that. He lined up in the slot. Uh, So, you know, he's, he's going to have, if you
3: have like, if you're, if you're watching the playoffs and you're like, man, that Debo Samuel guy is fun. This is probably Mm -hmm. the draft's best opportunity to give you a unicorn type of guy. Now I understand the doubts. I understand the alignment questions. I understand a lot of things that come with it, but if you're drafting traits, if you're drafting, does this guy, could this guy potentially be a freak of nature? He's right there. He's, yeah. he's, he's fast as hell. The GPS speed is going to probably place a better number than, than DK Metcalf. So put that into perspective. When we all watch that locomotive chase down Buddha Baker, I believe that was like we, this guy can move and his hands are abnormally large. So as he grows comfortable into his body. You can put him in the backfield. You can put him as a big slot. You can run some jet sweeps. You can run some <laughs> creative things for him similar to Debo. And, uh, you know, that's what that's what Kevin Stefanski would like is, right? Watch, watch – uh, I'm sure he's salivating watching how uh, they use Debo in San Fran and saying, can I get a guy like that? Well, this is a guy that they could have like that. So I understand if they went this angle for, hey, we'll go get a more traditional receiver to pair with him. And then let's just get crazy with this guy. Let's get on the football in a broad variety of ways and see what can see what can happen and see if he develops into the guy we think he can. So I totally understand uh, Traylon Burks. And when I heard, uh, you know, our, our good friend Jordan Reed talk to me about the 5X glove stuff, man, that was like, uh, what? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm in guys. You don't have to convince me on, you don't have to convince me on any of these top guys. I can exactly. see the angle. It is literally, we'll just learn what the Browns covet. That's, that's what we'll genuinely figure out. Pick 13 is going to be investigative for us to figure out what type of traits they like at the position. That's what yeah. I think is cool. So
0: I'm going to take trail on the, the, the one thing to note about him, and this will anger a certain segment of the, of the fan base, but whether you like it or not, it is a thing. He turns 22 the month before the draft. He's still under the 23 guardrail. But in the first round, they have trended even younger. Okay, so it's something to keep in the back of your mind. He's well under. I don't think that age will, especially because of the extra COVID year and all that stuff has to be taken into account. Some people have said they haven't drafted a 22 year old on day one. They won't do it. They haven't. That doesn't mean they won't. Uh, Okay. and especially when you're talking about, like Jake said, a potential freak player like this, as long as he's just 22, which it's March 17th or something like that, I think is his birthday. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that will exclude him, but it is something to just kind of keep in the back of your mind, whether you like the age guard rail or not, it is a thing. So I'm going to trail on Burks, the big hog on day one. We're back to you, Jeff. Uh, What do you got at 44? Okay, just real quick
1: on Burks. Two things that I like is the baseball background. So, you know, he's really good (laughs) with his hands and you see that. Other things I like the bully ball ability. If it's mano, we mono, forget it. You ain't got a chance. 16 is coming down with it. And you look at the video you showed. Two strides is five yards. Yeah. Two strides is five <laughs> yards. It's free, And it maybe doesn't look as fast as it is. And I think that's the thing that some people maybe have an issue with is that it's not as fast as it looks. No, he just doesn't have to take as many strides. So he's not flip-flapping him down as much as you see a smaller, shorter guy do. He just covers that much ground that quickly. And when you're running away from four players from Alabama, I, I, we can just throw it out the window. We know you are fast enough. And um, that's
0: the, yeah, Before we go, I just want to touch on one thing that Jake said. You're talking about the in-game speed, the SIS data, and those other places that measure in-game speed rather than 40 time. Something we're going to – teams are moving more and more to that. They still go to the combine. They still watch the 40. That all those things still matter. I'm not saying that they don't. But a guy who can run four, five with 20 pounds of gear on holding a football in one arm while 300 pound men are trying to separate his head from his body is more important from a football evaluation standpoint than a guy running four, four, two in a straight line in his underwear in Indianapolis. It matters, but. The forty is not the holy grail. So if Burks or London or Olave, I mean, I think they're all going to run fine. They're going to be fast. But if they run a four four eight four five two, what? Don't throw them out. Cooper Cup ran four six two. Okay, Devontae Adams ran four five six. Mike Evans ran four five three. In game speed far more important. And I, I wanted to say that before I forgot it because you touched on it while you were talking about him, Jake. Uh, before we go to uh, your next pick, Okay, so, so fire your second round pick out here, uh, Jeff.
3: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: Well, I mean, look, if you have a track background, you're going to run better in the 40. If you don't have a track background, it is what it is. Um, 44 for me, uh, Majai uh, Maji Sanders uh, from Cincinnati. And look, you get into this realm here in the second round where there's about four or five names, and probably all could could suffice for what the Browns are looking for. <laughs> um, me, look, bringing back Clowney, and look, nobody was a bigger Porter Guston guy than me. Joe Jackson, look, these guys did the role. I'm ripping up the rest of the room. I am building off their Miles Garrett and Janemian Clowney. I want younger. I want more athletic. I've seen what these other guys can do. It's not bad. But I'm pretty sure we can do better in a class like this. I think we can do a lot better in a class like this. Dane Brugler puts out a big board today with 100 names on it. What was one of the first things he said? Edge, edge, edge. There's a million of them. And the thing I kind of like most about Sanders is there's a ton of experience playing on the inside. The Browns want to get to the second and long, third and long. We've seen it in the past with Miles Garrett. We saw it with Jadavian Clowney where if you can play inside in obvious pass rushing situations, I can bring in another edge rusher. So Sanders can do this. Clowney can do this. So that this means we can get to second and long. We can get to third down and I can keep Garrett on the field. I can play Clowney. I can bring in a guy like Sanders and at 255 and on film, he looks a little shorter, a little stocky, (laughs) but then you see him down at mobile and he's dropping dudes that were six foot eight and 350 pounds. If you take improper technique on me, I am strong enough to drop you. And so I think, And even if he probably won't wow athletically, and that's okay, maybe it's because he's a little bit stronger than maybe he is athletically. So obviously you're getting something when you're giving up something with a player like Sanders. Um, Statistically, if you guys look, he was not where you'd want him to be this year. He was kind of the basically the defensive line, hey, this guy's really good and can take out everybody as far as a guard position, a center position, We need you to play inside, so at least he's not taking out three people. You know, it's just going to be you and him going mano a mano this year. But a player like Sanders, when you're looking at him, is maybe you know, obviously a nickel dime performer and a guy you could count on to play in the run game. Will not get absorbed by blocks. Will not get taken to the sidelines by blocks. And where you want to get Clowney and, of course, you know Miles Garrett, the rest they need a player like Sanders, um, who's definitely more stronger than I think he probably is athletic. But I think he would fit into this rotation really nice. Yeah,
0: yeah and I think the weight uh, uh, is going to be the thing with him because uh, uh, you know Brian Burns came in at two forty two and and that it wasn't a problem. Okay, now obviously different schemes ask different things from different players. I, I'm not saying that, but if they think and he's you know he's still fairly young, if they think he can get up into that mid two fifty range without sacrificing that explosive athleticism that you talked about, then I don't think it's going to be an issue, Jake. But generally, and this is just, you know, turn it on its head. Let's look at the pros and the cons. Generally, Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, the guy opposite Miles, they like a bigger, sturdier uh, uh, guy like that over there, Jadeveon style or something like that. Not that it would exclude yeah, him, but, yeah. you know, I mean, they two guys graded. You know right next to each other one guys 275 and and Mijai comes in at 246 maybe that matters
3: right i mean it, it, possibly it's all about what they what they want i think you're <laughs> right traditionally they have trended toward a guy who's a strong side edge setter who can in this defense collapse from run first to put to rush second Uh, in those neutral situations because they want to just say, hey, Miles, man, go buck wild all the time. Do your thing. So they want a little more uh, geared, their run fits, their fallback fits. They want to gear it a little bit toward uh, fitting that over toward the side that the strength of the defense is called. So, um, yeah, I I, I could – but if you get a guy who's a special pass rusher, we saw the Rams win a Super Bowl because they were dominant getting after quarterback at the end of the day, right? So I still – I, I could totally see both sides of it. I'm going to mm-hmm. take a guy that I think is a little on the opposite end of that spectrum, um, uh, the the, the size-wise. And, and listen, this draft is going to be identical for me as it was to the first two rounds of the last time I did it, Steve. I'm a huge Logan Hall fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just believe the age is right. The size at 6'6", 260 is, mm-hmm. is money. Long arms, long frame, powerful. Now, he has the majority. He probably, hear me out, is best fit for a three four. He's best fit to be a head up to four eye on a tackle. But can you can you get him to the point through funky fronts like the Browns? If you went back and watched the Browns, if you watch Kyle and I talk about and John Stephenson when we did those film reviews, they ran this boss front a lot. Big, it's it's big on one side, big on single side. They'd put Miles in the single side and slide everybody over and get creative and funky with blitzes. They like to do that. I think Logan Hall, and I don't care if they want to develop him as a, as a B gap player or if they want to develop him and say, hey, bro, you got the strong side edge, length, body, everything we want. I'm a huge believer in Logan Hall. I think it's a great fit at pick 47. And I would take him here even if I didn't scoop up that extra second. And I think uh, he's my easy selection here. So I just actually need to resume the draft and make sure somebody doesn't take him. That would actually suck. Uh, (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) I I might be changing everything I just said. all right i'm okay so right yeah that's how you know the nervous feeling that happened right there imagine how you are as a gm when jok is right there falling down a couple spots and you got to uh-huh. get a trade going right so that's uh that's a good live practice of that i'm going to take Logan Hall
0: with my. why don't right you go there. ahead and take your next one too since it's only a yeah. few picks uh, okay. uh behind there
3: yeah let's do it i am going to take my additional second we'll get to pick 57 i have my eye on somebody who can catch the football i'm double dipping boys and I think I'm going to get who I want here. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm a big believer in Mr. Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Mm, I really stun. love him. Young age. I'm talking the, the perfect NFL route tree in college. Love him. Uh, really want to double dip at receiver, even if they sign one big, uh, one big name like Christian Kirk because – You just got a swing. You got an extra pick here. I think I'm going to take a swing at a player I really like and uh, go crazy at wide receiver like I've been talking about since the season ended. What could the Cleveland Browns not do? Create explosive plays when it mattered. Give me explosive football players. Things are going to blow up the combine too. Drafting Skymore.
0: Yeah, uh here he is from in Western Michigan uh Jeff, or, uh Jeff you and I have liked him since he was in the 150s mm-hmm. uh and he just keeps moving up and like you said Jake he runs the full tree and he runs it so crisp. He is one of the best route runners in the entire class. His releases are varied, they are quick. He gets uh, early and fast separation. He's fast enough to run away from people, but I don't think he's going to go for two or anything like that. But you know, he's not a burner. But uh, he's fast enough to to turn these plays into the short plays into long plays. If he makes the first guy miss. He can he can find the end zone with regularity. Great hands. Um, and uh, who was it? Somebody just put out a video. I think almost all of his big plays came against press. Just just just, just destroys. Press coverage, and you can see threat in the red zone. Even though he's only listed at five ten, we have to see how he actually comes in. You know, we I don't know if Western Michigan lies about their heights on on their roster or not, but uh, you know, if he comes in at five eight, maybe this situation changes a little bit. But even at that, you look at him. Th- there's not much he can't. I know you love
1: him, Jeff, right? Oh, no, absolutely a player. And wearing the jersey number 24, certainly back in the day, near and dear to my heart. Um, You do wonder, though, uh, you know, look, it's going to be a step up. You know, he's going to play some more talent. Um, But you see that he plays with a, a tough SOB style to him. And that's what comes down to creating separation quickly. It's not always about athleticism. It's about if you get your hands on me, I'm going to knock them the hell off of me. And that's what you can see with him, and he plays with that flare. And I think he is going to be a guy, regardless wherever he goes, he's going to be a guy that you're going to hear about. Oh, we oh, there's something going on. Oh, the, the receivers and defensive backs. There seems to be a flare up. I think the guy just doesn't, he straight up, doesn't care. Uh, you know, he likes to play physical. It seems like he enjoys it. He's one of those guys that kind of marinates as the game goes on. You know, one hit aggravates him. All right, throw it to me again because now, now, now I owe them. And he wants to go back at it. Certainly has more, you know, plays the game a little bit you know, away from the modern feel to me. Like, seems like he's got more of an old school game. Definitely seems like when you watch him play, this is somebody you would have watched in the 90s, you know, in the early 2000s. As far as, you know, maybe there's more football player there than pure athlete. You see those routes where he's getting getting around the outside. Why is he winning? Because he's getting his head around faster than everybody else. His hands are ready. Just very, very technically sound. And you don't always see that at a player coming out of that level. Yeah, yeah, he,
0: he's we'll good. See. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. I think a quick question uh, from the chat here from uh, Mr. Pierce, if I remember right, 260 to maybe two sixty-five-ish. You know, not huge, but certainly not a, a weight where it was an issue. He was stout, uh, man. He uh, was, Olivier he Vernon, was, he was good, and he was very smart. He
1: was I wonder very how he's smart doing. Too. Is he but also,
3: run back at it this year.
1: I haven't heard nothing. on haven't. It. But here's it. also the other thing, but we also do need to keep in mind Olivier Vernon was an inherited asset. So yeah. and, and he certainly did well. He certainly did. But, you know, I, I totally maybe agree with the premise of with Miles and just saying, no, no, there are no rules for you. Um, but the other d end, you need to right. be technically sound. We can't have two people doing whatever the hell they want on the field.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Totally. All right. Jake's uh, one pick up on us. So I'm going to have to. Man, I can't uh... wait
3: to make my next pick, too. I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Here's what I'm going to do here. I, here's, here's the top of the board, the whole board. Uh, uh, you know, as I sit here at 44, lots of solid players. Some of them have age issues. Uh, we will find out quickly uh, if they, and there was a question Ian uh, threw it in there about a quarterback in the second round. If a guy like Carson Strong falls to this point, yeah. will they pull the trigger? I personally, I think not, but uh, who knows? I don't have any idea. So I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the defensive line, just like everybody else. I'm going to talk about a couple of guys here. First one I know is a guy Uh, Near and dear to your heart, Jeff, uh, had a huge week at the Senior Bowl. Uh, That's Mr. Perry and Winfrey uh, on the interior of the defensive line. There are two guys currently ranked various places on the boards in day two that I think could fit. The thing with Winfrey, and I'm not the only guy who's talked about this, the run defense is just unexplainable. There's just no way. I have a, a theory that in the Big 12, which is so offense heavy, maybe the coaching staff said, you know what? Yeah, you may give up 10, 15, 20-yard runs once or twice a game, but we think the devastation you're going to cause with your pass rush will outweigh that. So don't worry – well, not don't worry about it, but you know, focus more on your heavy pass rush. And if an NFL team sees that and they think, hey, a couple technique tweaks and we can get his run defense up to adequate. If you can get his run defense up to just adequate, he is so explosive uh, rushing the passer that a team might really like him. Now, if somebody looks at him and they don't think he has any more run defense in him, that's going to be an issue because it was bad. There's no way around it, but he's a guy that I would definitely consider here. Uh, Personally, I, if between the two of them, I'm, I'm, I prefer Travis Jones just because I think he's a more complete player right now. But again, if they think they can get run defense out of Perry and Winfrey, it would not surprise me in the least. That being said, I don't think I'm going to go there. I just wanted to talk about him. <laughs> I was already okay? typing
3: it in, Steve.
0: I was talk, <laughs> going to talk about him. I'm going to go edge like everybody else, okay? The I the, the interior going, of the defensive line is obviously the headline. But behind you, well, they haven't signed him yet. But even when they do sign him, they need more. They need youth, okay? They need somebody else back there. And right here, there are several guys. Uh, 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 these two have age issues. So the, well, these next two Why don't here, you share your screen with us, Steve? Come Ca- on. Cameron man. Thomas. And um and um uh King Kingsley Enagbury yeah. and I think that's where I'm gonna go. I think Enagbury has the package that they want, like we were just talking about. That's what she said. I think he's Hey-o. got he's got all of that. I think his athleticism, his burst, his his all that stuff is, is borderline freakish. He can really get after it. His run defense, inconsistent, not bad. He shows he can do it. It's just inconsistent. And I think that's something that can definitely be coached up like we've been talking about, because you, you have to have that across from Miles. But you think about a, a third and pass uh, a group of Jadevi and Miles in Agbury and, you know, whoever else, throw somebody else in there. And, man, you're talking about some scared quarterbacks on the other side of that defensive line because in a couple of years he can take over for Jadevian. when the current contract that they're going to sign him to runs out. It'll be two or three years at the most. He can take over. But for now, as a rookie, as the third guy in the Tack McKinley number of snaps role, I think he can be a devastating contributor.
1: Yeah, good pick. Well, and there's two things for me. I mean, you look at it from this, you know, what's the selling point that got you to South Carolina if you're going to be you know projected as an edge rusher? janevian clowny um so now guess what would be the selling point you know i mean you go there you get to learn from two of these guys and you know I, I get it and look this is again this is a crazy crazy edge class and this is part of the reason for my stance of let's redo the room and you know people you know well uh you know and, and people don't even know what's going on but i mean joe jackson like joe jackson's enough for you to look at a guy like this and say Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. We got Joe Jackson. No, I'm sorry. No. And there's nothing at all wrong with Joe Jackson, but the, his, his upside exactly. is not this. You nothing can say same, exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. we've seen what we are going to see, and you see these type of players. I mean, and there's a million of them, and, you know, it's about, you know, what is there and what can be done. You re-signed Stewart. You have your top eight defensive backs. You have your top eight. Why are you passing on things like this to get something that is not even going to come close to seeing the field?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, anything to add on Enaguerry, uh, Jake? Before we move on to uh, Jeff's next Jeff's next next pick.
3: Good pick. That's what I say. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Nothing to add. He's a good nice. player. They need guy. I mean, I I won't argue with edge guys. Never argue with edge. I'll never argue with corners, and yep. I will never argue with uh, positions of need on offense, whether that's whatever whatever the year dictates. So, yeah, good pick. I like him.
1: You're up, Jeff. Okay, for third round here. um, Now, look, it was a star in Mobile. Um, It was a rough, rough road for some time, and obviously the bad situation at UConn as a whole. Um, But you were looking for the total package of defensive tackle, and we are looking to shut things down early, and we're looking for a guy who can maybe even contribute on, you know, in-pass rushing sets, Um, you know, with the way the Browns are going to want to do it. Most likely they're going to tell Travis Jones from UConn to stand there and put his arms right in the air. And let the other guys go after the quarterback, and hopefully, you know, the ball will hit you because the quarterback is going to be in desperation firing it away. Um, th- there's going to be some ways to skin this animal, skin this need, so to speak, at the defensive tackle position. You, I, you know, you hope there's more from Togi. You hope there's more from Jordan Elliott. You do, um, but neither one of them has shown you enough now where you can bank on either one, and you can't basically get caught behind the eight ball for a third year in a row here at the defensive tackle position. It's got to get addressed. So, I mean, if it ends up where you have – where it looks like maybe there's one too many guys in the room going into camp, that's fine. Battle it all out. We'll move on from somebody. We'll find a way to put somebody somewhere else. You know, we'll do what we got to do. But this can't be an issue three years in a row at the defensive tackle position. And the fact that, you know, you're great and athletic on the edge, but when push comes to shove, you can't stop the Najee Harrises of the world you still got to deal with the Joe Mixons of the world. You've got to be able to show some semblance of shutting down some run game. And it's great that the evolution in the past defense and the secondary, all that is outstanding. But this can't be the issue anymore. It's got to be addressed, and it's got to be fixed now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, and like I said, and you can see here in the, the, the clips that are right now, uh, people talk about level of competition. Oh, He just started throwing guys around to the senior bowl. No, he didn't. Yes. He did it all year. His game against Clemson was Don't d- let the purple destruction. fool you. Just destruction. Uh, and obviously Clemson wasn't the Clemson they've been in years past, but there's still a top program. And when, for guys at smaller schools like this, one of the first things that you know draft guys way smarter than us say is, the first thing you look at is, how do they do against the best competition on their schedule? And, and he – destroyed them so you know um especially since we signed uh who'd we get bj hill we decide on bj hill did, and so yeah. he's gonna have to he's, he's gonna come in and learn he's not gonna have to come in and be the man right away which is what you want especially on the interior so mm-hmm. if they can get uh travis jones in the third i'm, I'm all over that that's that's And we've talked about
1: this today. it's really really tough to figure out where travis jones fits because yep. 44 feels a little rich but 78 feels like we got to the party too late, so it's going to be really tough with Travis Stones.
3: Yeah, yep. agreed. You're up, Joe. right, I'm up at pick 78 as well. So Sam Howell's still on the board. Some people love him. Some people hate him. I'm not into taking him here. Um, I just well, don't. And people it's like ba- talk- you'd have he- Baker Mayfield and Baker Mayfield light. Thank you. Light. Like they Thank the same you. Dude. So this is I'm just, absolutely um, kind of lukewarm on that player. One so- wears
1: six. The other one's going to wear seven. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Be like Friday uh, Night Lights. <laughs> So I'm going to look at – this has been weird. I think they have to fix their algorithm here at at TDN. There's only been one tight end selected, guys. That was Isaiah Likely in the third round was the first tight end taken. So this isn't going to happen. But I think we moved on from Austin Hooper. I need playmakers at tight end. You can say all you want, and I wrote about again with Hooper, I need more dynamic people with the football in their hands. Kevin wants to play tight ends and I think he's going to be here. If we're here and Trey McBride is sitting here, I mean, I I do I would you know I would throw this thing up at Goodell's neck, the card up there to make it happen. Like I think he's a phenomenal football player. Like I'm frisbeeing that thing up there. Like I think he's really good. I again I people are talking about first round with him. I think he's better targeted second round. I just think if he's here, but there are some other guys. is interesting to me. Ruckert is interesting. We were just talking about that, Steve. Yeah. Nick Benito, who's at the age threshold, right at it. He's a fascinating. Again, about about Sander size, uh, rush edge player. If I didn't take a wide receiver earlier, Wando Robinson was a little older, I think, but he's a fun player. Uh, Boya Mafia, I think, is he's on the right on the edge of the the. the he's, he's already twenty three. Is yeah. he okay? So he's a little January. old. Chad Mumma, we've talked about. It. You watch Logan Wilson in the Super Bowl. This dude might be better than him coming out of Wyoming. So um, like him, I could be talked into several guys at this spot. Um, you know, Dolchich, we just. Uh, Discovered he's a little old. Sam Williams is a player, but it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough situation with where he's. Sam Williams, oldness is another one.
1: He's about to turn twenty yeah. too Yeah,
3: you yeah, know that might make it easy and eliminate that uh decision. Yeah. So I'm going to take the best player I think's on the board, and I we only have Harrison Bryant and and David and Joku, coach that likes to play three tight ends and a guy you can keep developing at the position. I'm going to take Trey McBride. It might not be the biggest thing you're looking at needing, but again. Create players that can make plays with the football in their hands. That's what the Browns need. So I'm going to take Trey McBride here. Solid pick, hard to argue. Uh, uh, you know, I think uh, they will.
0: I I think the odds favor them dipping their toes into this tight end class, especially mm-hmm. if they move on from Ho- Hooper. Like like we're all. Well, I think about
1: that's what Green. could factor into the Hooper decision. You look at it, <laughs> and it's like you oh, have yeah. a decision with Austin Hooper, and all of a sudden, like th- their their hands not being held for them. You can look at this. There's a, It's a really good free agent class at the tight end position. You talking about players like Mike Chiziki, uh, O.J. Howard out of Tampa Bay, obviously David Njoku. Then you look at this draft, and it's like, well, we're you know, and Jake, obviously, don't throw the ball over his head. And the other one is a guy can't skip rope. So, yeah. I mean, y- yeah. you know, can you get, you know, a, a better return of investment for $9, $10, 11000000 million when you're talking Million or less, yeah. I, I think there's a really good opportunity here, and maybe what they truly need to do is kind of take Austin Hooper away so everybody can say, Hey, remember the charger tape last year? Throw it to 85 more, right? Because he's yeah. really, really difficult to cover. Because defensively, you don't know what you put, you can't put a linebacker on him, he's going to bully around most defensive backs. Maybe you're basically, you know, in that instance, you know, you, you know the old cut your nose to spite your face. Maybe you're doing that reverse order here but you're ending up having to use David Ajoku more because yeah. the route you went the thought you thought we were going to succeed with it didn't work. Yeah, I'm going to I answer a question from
0: the chat here because my pick is going to be boring and quick uh from Patton 238 starting George Pickens.
3: To, after you do this, I got a question for the group.
0: Yeah, fascinating uh, uh, thing to watch because you, you remember in the preseason he was being talked about with that first group. He was being talked about as mm-hmm. you know potentially top ten. And whether that would have happened or not, we, we we don't know because unfortunately he got injured. He did come back. Uh, he fought his way back. Apparently, blew away his uh, his rehab. He played I don't know a handful of snaps in the national championship game. It wasn't much, but it was enough to show hey I'm ready. Uh, now obviously there's more to go where will that drop him to? Will he still, because, you know, based on, you know, tape, he still potentially could be day one. I think somewhere on day two, Mm -hmm. I think the thing that's working against him is like, we talked about the strength of this wide receiver class. If it was a weaker class, people might be more apt to take a shot on him coming off that ACL in the 35, 40, 45 range with all the healthy options, you know, where you don't have to wonder about that. I'm thinking the 60 to 75 range is probably uh, more where Pickens ends up going. If he's there at 78 and the medicals are good and they decide to take him, I would have no problem with that. But if they decide that the medicals scare them and they don't want to take a shot at them at all, I'd be okay with that too. It's a good question. And there's not really a good answer, at least not for us out here, because, you know,
3: we're not going to get the medical information that the teams are. Jake. Um. I'm going to switch topics here a little bit. Something I, maybe this has been discussed and uh, maybe it hasn't. What are the odds you guys think if the, if the franchise tag is 11 million that they would say, let's just franchise David and at 11 million and look at you and I talked (laughs) about Michael Mayer next year, Steve Mm -hmm, talked mm -hmm. about like drafting guy this year and next year in the middle of the extra picks. Maybe the, is it the Quasi pick? Um, Like, I just haven't really heard that floated much, and I was looking up tags, and it's cheaper because we know Hooper was at the top of the market, right, as Mm -hmm. tight ends go. And most
1: all the projections for Njoku were more than $11 So that's
3: just an interesting thing that, like, that would lock them in for another year and then give them a chance to evaluate where they want to go. And, I don't know, just something I wanted to float out. I think
0: it's definitely possible. Uh, I I mean, I think it depends on some of the other contract dominoes. How much does, does, does Denzel get? You know, how much does you know, insert guy get, who do they sign? You know, if they surprise us all and go spend 18 to, you know, 20 million on a Mike Williams or, you know, trade for a Cooper or something like that, that none of us are expecting, then maybe they got to go that route because they can't give him that extra three or four that he probably deserves this year. I don't know, but I think it's
3: definitely on the table. Have any tight ends got received the franchise tag you guys can remember?
1: Not a clue. Honestly, nothing nothing stands out, but here's also the other thing though. I mean, you could look at David's situation and look, the, the Browns love these, five-year contract, but essentially it's two. So, you know, it doesn't change your premise of how you want to address the tight end room going further. You know, it could be, you know, know, three years, four years, 40, but essentially it's $25 million. So tag him for one year at 11, but he's making, you know, 12, 13, whatever, and you're still going to address the, you know, and basically make him earn whether or not he's going to fill out the contract. Certainly Mm -hmm. a premise to have. I just think the relationship is better there. Between the and the team, it, it seems sure. like it seems like two people who want to date. So, like, mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to get done. I yeah, so. and
0: that's something to consider too. If they do tag him, is it going to piss him off? You know, yeah. for for the future, I don't know. Maybe it won't, but you know, uh, I'm going to do this real quick and then we can move on because uh, you look at my board here. Uh, Travis Jones is still there at 78. I could talk about some other guys. There's a few other guys that are interesting. Uh, I know you love Petre and 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 that would be. It would be hard to argue if if they went with him at this round. I route, do love him. He's
3: just older, I think, right? He's a little on the old side. Is he? I thought he was under. I'll have to go I check could, again. I could be wrong. But
0: the interior of the defensive line is just so devastated right now. If they I have a chance to get Travis Jones at 78, I, uh, easy, quick, boring, yeah. I'm taking him.
3: That's it. Petre, just thing. for the record, is right on the border. He's a June 3rd birthday. He's currently 22. So he's under, but – right. Right at the border, but I love him like as a future slot dude, who's a dude.
1: Yeah, Whew, I love that guy.
3: Yep. so wouldn't wouldn't um, hate it,
0: but I just wanted yeah. to grab Travis Jones. Your object or uh, Jeff Jeff is up.
1: Okay, now um, there's going to be some certain players in this draft that the Browns are going to fall in love with. Um, whether or not they truly feel that they're players, they're going to draft. That's going to be a different question. I think David Ajabu is going to be a player the Browns will absolutely love. Do I think there's going to be a premise you know where they're going to go every effort to get him? Maybe not. Um, but you know, the, the young, the athleticism, uh, the growing, you know, the fact that maybe there's not bad habits there yet. So we don't have to work the bad habits out. We can just work on accentuating the positives. I think a safety and he doesn't get a lot of speak on it. And I know Steve, you know, you've been talking about a little bit lately, Nick Cross out of Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, now Nick Cross was this good. He was committed to Florida state when Florida state wasn't a dead and fledgling program. (laughs) So imagine telling Florida state I'm good. I'm just going to go to Maryland. I mean, just imagine that any way whatsoever. But he went there and excelled. Uh, He moves well. You look at him. He is physically built. There's no questions about that. Like, weight room work? No, we're good. We're done. Open field tackling is there. Um, He can blitz. He can cover. He can man cover. Um, Even if I still have three safeties here, I think this is a guy that's just going to be a player. Um, On most of these simulators now, he is in the high 100s. Don't let, don't let yourself fool. This is a guy that is going to be talked about in Indianapolis a ton because he's going to lift well. He's going to run well. He's going to jump well. He's got a track background. <laughs> Played in one of the most dominant programs in the state of Maryland as far as the high school level. This guy can play, and this might be one of those ones where we love him. Everything is right. The age is right. The production's right. Interceptions, forced fumbles, sacks. He's done everything that is asked of him. He's just a player, and I, I'm going to bring him in. And because you want to know what people get injured. And if I had can play 10 defensive backs at any given time to get people's rest, to get them off the field, to say, Hey, you're seeing this, but you need to see this. He's just too good of a player to pass up. And also, even
0: if they do keep MJ Stewart, like we did here, uh, and this is not a, a knock on MJ. This is, this is just simply the way it is. It's going to be a cheap deal. He's, he's a, a guy, you know, he, he, he played well, but there are certainly no guarantees that he continues that last six or seven games or what it was. So if if a a Petre or a a Nick Cross or a Kirby Joseph, who I know we all love too, are are there at the right value, I would not be shocked in the least if they brought in another safety on top of that.
3: Totally agreed. Good call. Good hype there, Jeff. Well, well well-researched, my friend. He's Uh, a player. He's a player. I got my eye on him on my board too, my friend. But I, guys, this board is following right to Jake's sweet spot. (laughs) I like Jacob Phillips. I like him. My <coughs> man's has got to stay healthy. I'm bringing in competition. I'm bringing mm. in Mr. Muma. I'm bringing in Wyoming in the AFC North. Maybe not the Wyoming guy we want at this point in their career, but we're bringing in a Wyoming guy. We're going to draft Chad Muma here. I'm not even going to waste our time and talk about anybody else. Let's keep her moving.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he's there at 98, I'm not a huge linebacker guy, but at this point, but man, if he it develops him next. To, to Him
3: next to JOK. Okay, It would be difficult to argue.
0: All right. right. Uh, I am up at 98, and I'm going to make a certain segment of the fan base very happy. There's some very interesting guys here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Likely is still on the board. Uh, Weidermeyer is still on the board. Ruckert is still on the board. the
3: tight end's low this year.
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm I'm wondering if
1: that's because there's too many of them because it's not a premium position. It's not not a premium position. So, like, when will that run actually start is the interesting Mm -hmm. thing there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of good
0: guy, good players. I don't think there are any elite players at that position. So, it's going to be interesting. Verone McKinley, another safety that I like a lot. Uh, But uh, I'm going to go over here and make some people very happy. You already took Sky Moore. I think getting Sky Moore at 98 would be absolute robbery. So in the interests of keeping it different and presenting a a wide uh, variety of people, I'm going to take the guy that burst onto the scene uh, in Mobile, even though he was talked about before that. I'm going to take Christian Watson. Uh, There's just so much to like about him Uh, now. And this is about the spot. 75 to 100 is where most people say that he is going to end up because... With all the skills, and it's obvious when you watch him. I mean, look at him run away from people right there. It's you can't teach that kind of. Uh, he's a, he's at full gallop in in two strides, which for a guy six four two ten is unheard of. Tyreek Hill does that, but he's you know five ten and one hundred. He's a football speed man. It pops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I did hear, and this is why people are saying, oh, he could go day one. We'll have to trade up from forty four. I, Maybe that ends up being the case. But Jeff, you know this. Two separate guys who I trust among the most, way smarter than me in draft world, were in Mobile, and they both separately said the same thing. The Jets, between every single rep, were feverishly working Mm -hmm. with him because he's so very raw. That's not his fault. He plays in a system at North Dakota State where they run the ball so well That if you're a a wide receiver up there, you're just not going to get asked to do a whole lot of things. And you can see how creatively they chose to get him the ball, which is super smart on their part. You know, you like to say they're the Alabama of FCS. And if you're playing wide receiver at this place, you're going to do two things. You're going to block and you're going to get deep. And he does both of those things very well. The fact that he can block really well, and he does block very well, bodes well for his development. But he's not a guy, at least in my opinion, that's going to come in and blow the doors off it like a Jamar Chase as a rookie. He's going to take a little, He'll have some splash plays, but he's going to take a little time. So if bringing him in a situation like this, where we've signed Christian Kirk and I already took uh, Traylon Burks on the top, where, again, like we said about Travis Jones, he doesn't have to come in and be the guy right away. I think he's perfect for him. Let him start as the fourth guy. Let him, you know, return kicks, let him do that kind of stuff while he works on the nuances and the finer points. Because if he can get those, and there's no reason to believe he can't. This guy has tools that Jake could just, you know, yeah. turn the division on its head.
3: Totally agree. He's a, he's a, he's a mover, man. He is a flat out, you want a guy who like, oh, okay. That's what you're talking about. Like taking off on a football field. Mm-hmm. He's a mover. I would, if they ended up with him, I'd have, I'd be excited. I would be genuinely excited. Does a bunch of different did a bunch of different things at the college level. Good strides, lanky. Like, yeah, man, I'm in. You don't got to convince me. I'm well, probably I mean, the, the biggest hype man in the draft room. So whatever.
1: <laughs> Jake's ready to draft two hundred and seventy-five guys. Um, oh, but oh. Uh, but I know Ben Fennel <laughs> uh, went a little bit into detail with him, and there is some Debo Samuel looks from Watson at North Dakota State. Um, and again, you know everything. You know copycat league. Something becomes in vogue. You want to have part of it. Um, You know, again, you know, whatever, you know, they, and we've talked about this, you know, Steve's been on my show a oh. hundred times. There's going to be a time where they're going to make a selection that the guardrails may not apply. Mm-hmm. It, it's going oh. to happen. I mean, you know, look, you know, whatever. I eat vanilla ice cream every single day. Yeah, I felt like a, a scoop of strawberry. Eventually something's <laughs> going to tip the scale. But again, and you talk about this, and I think we're all kind of agreement here of, of bringing a little size to the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, this is where this wide receiver class is a little bit different. There's some bigger dudes, but they're not leaving the athleticism essentially on the cutting room floor. Right. These guys can run. They can move. And, you know, it, it, it's certainly appealing. Watson certainly is a player. There's no doubt about it. You know there's some things you're going to have to work on. And it, it's not necessarily his fault, and I think that's what the Jets were doing, trying to get as much as one-on-one time. Is oh. oh well, you never did this. Oh okay, well let's try this with you because you know it's like when a kid comes from basketball to a football field for the first time. You know, you just try to make sure he can put his helmet on. Then he mosses somebody in the end zone. And it's like oh well, you actually know how to run a pattern. So let's yeah. work with you on that. Let's teach you how to run a pattern real quick. So a player like Watson, you a know, ton of appeal there. There's no question about it. You're um, Yeah, I'm going to roll on here. Um, Khalil Shakur. Um, I I just – it's just a – he's just a receiver. Um, But I think he's more athletic than a guy like Rashard Higgins. I think the nuances of the game, I think he understands coverage very well. Um, He's been highly successful in his time uh, in Boise. He had a good week in Mobile. Unfortunately, his name was not Christian Watson, so people kind of overlooked it because, you know, everybody at each positional group kind of becomes, like, the best in show. Um, Look, there's a ton of receivers here, and we all agree that the Browns need – Help there. They need a lot of help there. What I want is, guys, and I want it back to when we started all of this with Baker in 2018. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're going to run the route that's called, if you're going to get open, you're getting the ball. So I don't care if they end up playing, rotating in four, five wide receivers, because each one of them brings a different, little bit of a different skill set. But there are going to be some guys that you're going to need to say, are you going to run this absolute route to perfection on third and seven? Cause this might mean a ball game. This might mean, (laughs) you know, a key, you know, key possession in the game after a turnover, or you just scored and we're only up three and we really need to counter your score with a score. And I think Shakir is just kind of one of the quieter guys in this class, but I think he is just simplistic in what he does It's kind of like rinse, repeat, you know, like a Tony Gwynn type of thing. I get to the plate. I find a way to get on base. He's really good. I think
0: a lot of us are going to double dip. Quick shout out to the chat before your pick, Jake. Uh, OG Philly, one of our uh, subscription gifting maniacs, uh, has gifted five more tier one subscriptions uh, to the chat. If you're one of the five people who just got a free subscription, uh, be sure to thank OG Philly, shout him out, send them an emote, an emote, or something like that. Uh, we love you being here, Philly. Uh, you're a maniac, uh, and, uh, we love having you around Jake, your pick.
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I want to add to the secondary. I'm not crazy about a lot of the corners on the board. I'm definitely, I definitely would like to add a depth edge later. Um, but I like the inside outside flex of Hall, and I am probably going to go and steal from Jeff and take Mister Cross, who's sitting here still, um, and and be more than happy with that pick. A guy who, uh, just like Jeff said, I'd like to see him cut down the miss tackle rate a little bit from from the data, but that you know that's fickle; it can come and go. He's been good in years before this this past year and three, you know, three touch, three interceptions, three pass breakups, good ball, uh, you know, play on the football. He's got versatility, 281 in the box, 420 at free safety, a little bit of slot corner. I'm in. I'll take him here. Makes sense to me. Keep keep expanding that position in a 425 structure and versatility. So running it.
0: I'm with you. If you can get a cross or a Kirby Joseph with these two early day three picks, I mean, I think that's a home run right there. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go uh, to a different uh, part that we haven't addressed anywhere in a different part of the line. Uh, are a different part of the roster, and that's the offensive line. We've talked about the possibility of Jack Conklin. We've talked about Chris Hubbard. We've talked about maybe signing. Last night we talked about Morgan Moses. If there's a problem with Jack Conklin, maybe you, you have to get a starter. And all that stuff is definitely on the table. All of it hinges on Jack Conklin's health, in my opinion. But if you get to this point, and that m- young man right there at the top of, of the uh, the list is on the board, mm, there are some yeah. other folks that are still there. There's, yeah. a, there's a couple tight ends that I like. Uh, there's a couple corners and safeties that I like. But I think you can. You have to keep continue restocking, and he's going to need a little time. Uh, he gets a little grabby. He gets away with a lot of penalties that he's not gonna, <laughs> not going to get away with uh, in the flag happy NFL. But the dude is just mean. He's like Wyatt Teller. Tyler Smith enjoys humiliating the guy across from him, like to the point where he looks down at him and says, "Your girl's got to leave you now." He's got those kind of blocks <laughs> all over his tape. So I'm going to take a tackle here. It might not be the most popular. People, it's not sexy. People don't jump up and down when you take an offensive lineman, but you got to do it. We see what happens. We, you know when Joe Burrow gets hit 450,000 times, there, it's it's unsustainable. He's going to get hurt again if they don't do something. And I'm not going to let that happen here. So I'm going to take Tyler Smith out of Tulsa right there.
1: You're up. Nothing, nothing wrong with Tyler Smith. There's nothing wrong at all with Tyler Smith. The only thing was the uh, dalliance of when they <laughs> had he declared, and finally we got yeah. those news. Um, for you know, the free agency that we did, um, you know, I guess maybe I misread before it was finalized. Um, but this is another player I love here, John Ridgeway out of Arkansas. Um, Arkansas has had quietly some defensive tackles over the last couple of years. Uh, they had one last year, um, I believe McBride, who played well with the Jets, you know, late on day three. Ridgeway, six foot three, over 320 pounds. Um, look, if you're not gonna have great ones, and basically, I'm saying if you don't have Aaron Donald. Um, basically get yourself a whole bunch of guys, get yourself a whole bunch of dudes, get yourself guys with some size. I think Togi Eye is going to develop and, and could be, you know, a part of a rotation. Jordan Elliott, it's year three. It's kind of now or never for him, but get some other guys in here, you know, plays with a high motor. Um, you see just the, the enthusiasm for the game, the size is there. Um, you're certainly going to work with them. You know, if you're not going to be able to get to the quarterback, you know, you need to be smart you need you stand in the line of scrimmage, read his eyes, get your hands up. Um, but high effort, high energy guys, and we're talking, you know, almost to the point of day three now. Yeah, I'm in, and you know, I, I want, and I, I want, and I crave depth on the defensive line because, and again, if you're going to be a team that's going to be successful and is going to play 17 regular season games, three playoff games, and possibly a Super Bowl, that's 21 football games. You need that 53 to be as deep as possible because you're going to be tapping into it. a lot more than you think you are you're not going to get the luxury of everybody's going to play every week so you want a ton of guys and i think ridgway is a guy where you're going to get him in this type of thing uh may not play a lot as a rookie but i think there's you know a developmental arc there we're going to get a contributor
0: yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of guys in this general range that fit that same thing. Matthew Butler from Tennessee, uh, Jaden mm-hmm. Peavy from Texas A&M. And one thing that uh, a huge point in Ridgeway's favor for me, you, do you know what his nickname is? Have you looked this this deep into him yet, Jeff? You know what they call him down in Arkansas? The Vanilla oh. Gorilla. The <laughs> Vanilla Gorilla. How do you not want that guy on your team just for that? I mean, come on.
1: Where are the T-shirt companies <laughs> printed up?
0: <laughs>
1: you got to go love it. You're up, Jake.
3: All right. Let me share mine and uh, all right. So it's going to the position and it's going here. I am very interested for a while now. in a guy that I think is going to keep going up boards drafted him last week going to draft him again this week, just turned 21. You're looking for a guy in uh, a system that can develop. I think he's young, nice tools. Uh, I really like his downfield throw ability. I really like his feel in the pocket just enough athleticism to extend plays to. Uh, I am a big believer that Caleb Ellaby will be right around this round four range, maybe into round three. Some people might like Bailey Zappy more totally understand that, but I am. Uh, there's some throws from Caleb Ellaby that make me think like there's really something here, Dak Dak Prescotti type of here. So I am uh, I'm in on this player, even if Baker works out and he continues to grow and he gets another contract you need these types of guys that you can say hey i want to you know pass this we can trade him for a the, the, the Patriots are firm believers in this forever take a quarterback every draft man take them and make people want them so i just i just think there's something more there with lb so i'm taking him here at a spot where this board i could cheat the board he's 234 i get that but I'm trying to keep some semblance of realism over here so i'm going to take him at uh pick 116. Yeah, no problem with him. I th- I think him or Zappy if they're looking
0: for a uh, high end backup, maybe solid but not star starter down the line. Those are two guys right there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make mine easy because like, this board too. You, I, I pulled up the tight ends here because I don't think any of us think this is going to happen. But then again, this is why we make fun of no way and hell guy, right, Jeff? Because you know <laughs> we it. all say stuff like this in in February and then it ends up coming true. Um, I, I'm going to take the guy that we, we talked about a little bit ago, the Buckeye. I'm going to go ahead and tag Jeremy Ruckert here. I I mean, the production metrics are not going to measure up. They're just not because he played in a system at Ohio state with absolute ICBM warheads surrounding him at wide receiver, this is not a knock on him. Why would you throw the ball to Jeremy Ruckert when you have all those other guys out there? It's not his fault, but you look at here, you, you know and it took a couple of years to put this uh, this together. He made the most of his opportunities. when he when they put him the ball in his hands, he caught it. he can make a guy miss. He's not a burner, but he can make a guy miss and get an extra six, eight yards. Uh, he's advanced in the blocking game. You have to be at Ohio state to, to see the field at the tight end position. And that catch right there, I know everybody remembers that catch. So I think, and I'm not, I'm far from the only one who, who has said this over the past couple of months. I think he's going to be one of those guys, especially at the tight end position, like a Kittle, who is way better on the NFL level than he was at the college level. I'm not saying he's going to be George Kittle. I'm just saying nobody thought Kittle was going to be Kittle during his draft cycle. I'm saying he could definitely outplay what he did uh, uh, at Ohio State uh, when he goes – if he goes to the right system, and I think this would be the right system for him. So that's it's my fun- pick, Jeremy Ruckert.
1: It's funny because people I've reached out to, um, some people thought that the game maybe likened to Austin Hooper. So if we're talking about a guy that we're actually going to replace um, – you know in Austin Hooper and you go to the, you show, you show the touchdown reception against Wisconsin. I go back to the one where Justin Fields threw it through about 275 sets of arms and hands Mm -hmm. to make that reception. I mean, everybody wants to talk about Fields throw and yes, getting it through there is impressive, but the receiving aspect of it is seeing all of that. And especially with the college ball where it's half white with each rotation, then it's Brown and it, to be able to pick that ball up and catch that that is that is impressive so that is hands that is what you know physically catching is about you see so many body catching all of that nonsense we know he can block obviously he would not have played this long at ohio state if he couldn't um, ruckert is definitely a guy for me no question about it the question is when do you want to get in on this because right. i think ruckert is a 75 to what is it 117 the browns hold that other pick mm-hmm. i think somewhere in that range is where ruckert's going to fall but and i think ruckert as far as the Browns board jumps up a lot higher. If you are no, you're moving on from Austin Hooper, because I think he will contribute right away as a blocker. Maybe receiving is going to take a little bit of time, but definitely a player I certainly have my eyes on as well. Um, for me, uh, next selection, uh, Tyreek Smith, buckeye on a buckeye, I guess. Everybody got so excited about the northern Illinois, the northern Iowa tackle losing his crap on Tyreek Smith. Oh, look at him. He bullied around. I must have been the only one. And the way they were doing those drills, they were going two reps at a time. The reason the tackle from Northern Iowa was so pissed is because Tyreek Smith, the the, the rep before, beat him like a drum. (laughs) Absolutely flew past him. So, yes, he worked him over because he was aggravated and agitated that he looked bad in front of all of these scouts. Tyreek Smith, quick first step. We're talking about a day three pass rusher. You know, I always have a fondness for these Elmis Doomerville kind of types. Maybe not the prototype size, this, that, and the That's other thing. Reference. But I think he can get it done. And again, now we're talking about yeah. you know pass ability as opposed to pair to Porter Gusted. Joe Jackson, this is third, fourth guy. Yeah, these are guys I want, and this is when you're talking late in games, when you've gassed guys like Miles Garrett, Jadamian Clowney for maybe 45, closer to 50 reps, and you have guys like this that can still come in with this kind of juice, that's kind of what closes games out. Plus, we're talking about picking the 150s here
0: um and, and at this point in the draft would you like to address a positional need of course if the top guy on your board is a position of need that then that's fantastic but once you get beyond 150 jake it's about athletes right i mean i don't care if you have three all traits. pros at a yeah. position if the guy is 105th on your board and he's still there at 150 that's the guy you take i don't care about positions you're looking at athletes right
3: yeah find me some traits that give him a chance to stick that's yeah. all you're looking for uh, NFL level traits and see what happens. Right. Yep. So uh, totally. Uh, I'm I'm very much flyer on athletes, man. I, I, I'm going to take a guy. Uh, you know, me, I like to come out with a corner every draft five interceptions this past year, pretty solid coverage metrics. Um, and he played in the big, you know, the uh, sec uh, had, had pretty solid season overall, still going to be 22 um, at draft time. Uh, Monteric Brown, I've kind of liked some film I've seen of him, so I'm gonna take him here. Um, and just you know, continue to provide depth at the corner spot, see what's uh, see what fits down the line, all that fun stuff. So I think he's a good, uh, good spot, good value right here. Yeah, would
0: uh, would not be uh, against that at all. Interesting, I wanted to put this up here. I thought that's an interesting uh, I, I don't do a lot of player comps and stuff like that. You know that, yeah. uh, uh, Jake, but uh, I, I think that's fairly accurate, judging on styles and arm strength and all that kind of stuff, wouldn't
3: you? Yeah, I have no no issue with that. I could see where that uh I mean Case Keenum owns every NCA record. I don't think people right. remember that. He still does. Like just like Zappy had that that uh stop calling me Jaguars. Uh I think, you know, <laughs> that that just like Zappy had the record setting year. It's a similar comp. I, I mean, you know, not overwhelming physical traits, but good, good, uh, good timing, good, good anticipatory play. And we'll see if he can translate it into the NFL. He's he, I wouldn't I could definitely see them picking him. I have no doubt about that. Uh that 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 interest angle. I just like the if you're picking young Toolsy upside, LB is like, man, what go watch this sure. go watch some of his throws against Michigan. And we yeah. know that defense Michigan had. Like they, dude was making some some tight pocket chaos throws. Just go watch that tape and, and come back and chat with me about Caleb Elliott.
0: Well, we're starting to uh, uh, get up against our uh, our time here, and I want to throw out just a quick, a quick uh, uh, if you want to stick around, a quick promo here at the top of the hour at 9 o'clock, the Garage Beers guys who've done a great job since they joined the uh, OBR. We are so thrilled to have them under the OBR umbrella. They have uh, Rob McClanahan from the Miracle on Ice, from the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team is going to be here because it was 42 years ago this month that they started their run. If you follow them on Twitter, you know that's going on. The Garage Beers guys, they had um, Arruziani on a while ago. They had Bonnie Blair on last week, and this week they get McClanahan. So that's going to be real fun. I'm definitely going to stick around for that. That coming up at the top of the hour, 9 Eastern. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on this pick. This guy here, Alex Wright, in the uh, top 100 uh, uh, list that uh, Dane Brugo just came out that Jeff mentioned a while ago. He's in he's in the 50s. This guy is is in the 50s. He played at UAB. He's exceptionally raw. I think that range is a little rich from my blood, uh, especially in the Browns situation, but I can totally understand why. Six foot seven. I think he came in at 265, 275 and still lean. He can, he can probably put another 15 pounds on and not lose any of the athleticism explosive. Okay. Now, obviously playing at the level that he did, he was able to simply out athlete. Most of the guys across from, him. like I said, he's very raw. He's going to need some work, but the situation that we have here, miles Judevian, uh, I already took, you can see here, I took Kingsley. Uh, we've, you know, he's not going to be needed. He he can be you know, the guy that's inactive for 12 games as a rookie, because you're drafting a guy at this range with these kind of tools for 2023, 2024. That's what you do at this point in the draft. So I'm not going to waste a ton of time. If you haven't looked at him yet, there's there's not a ton, but there's some stuff out there that's easy to find on YouTube and places like that. Just go watch him and you can see him. He's 351 on this board, but I just don't think that the, the, the uh, mock draft database guys have gotten to him yet. I don't, I don't think I wouldn't read anything into that. I, I would love him in a rotational edge setting.
1: He shows any amount of athletic ability in Indianapolis. He's a top 100 player Mm because, you know, that's what you're looking for as far as, you know, arm length, height, weight. Um, For me, this is my one caveat here as far as the age guard rails. Um, And one thing we've talked about, look, the Browns were not a very good special teams player last year. No, I am not drafting a punter or kicker. Yes, they may do it. I just can't give up draft capital for a punter or a kicker. Yes, it worked out for Evan McPherson. Marcus Jones from Houston. If you want to talk about all-around game, this is a guy who had a really, really good all-around game. Um, He can come in as a return specialist. Yes, he's older. If you need him to play cornerback, he can do that. He can play special teams. But he comes right in with a special teams pedigree. And, you know, Mike Prefer appears to be safer this year. And they certainly need to get vastly better in the special teams side of it and this is where it's going to be difficult because if you're bringing in Christian Kirk you're drafting two wide receivers you have Donovan Peoples-Jones who's your gunner the people are going to have to do these (laughs) things so I'd rather bring in somebody that maybe has some experience with it and the other thing is uh you know with Felton the returnability didn't go so great so we had to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones that didn't look so great either so if I got a guy who's a proven commodity and been able to do it this is my one caveat as far as the age guard rail. And that'd be Jones, uh, you know, by trade cornerback, had played some wide receiver, but return specialist at the university of Houston.
0: Athlete, like we said, Jake, athletes at this mm-hmm. at this point of the draft. Hard to argue with it. Jake, you're up.
3: Uh hang on. I'm checking ages, man. I hate when we get to the end. I just look up Jeffrey Gunter's agent. It told me seventy-five. That's not right. What <laughs> I hate I hate when we're at the in end, end uh, of the He's years. under. I just I, don't... I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's under. I, I like him I like his production I'm not sure the total fit like I really like our boy from Notre Dame but he's like 24 he's he's really old Myron's pretty old isn't he no Steve he's played Notre Dame in 2017. Nope. what well, what's he's, his age he's under under what <laughs> AARP
0: <laughs> let me pull it up here he's he's been at Notre Dame for five years
3: yep he's wormser Steve he went to college early yes. Where is he? If he's under, I'll take him, but I, I just don't know. I'm not this why can't we get this simplified somewhere?
0: Uh, da, 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 da. As a matter of fact, you know oh, what, after I, I look this up, I'm going to put the uh, the link in the chat for you guys. Where you know what hell?
1: the best part is, though, is you now some of these colleges are actually putting the birthday in their bio on the website. And it's like, oh, my God, you made it this easy for me? Yeah, it's, it's really is. right
0: here? I don't understand why some of these – I mean, I do understand why some of these guys hide it. But in reality, they're if you let, hiding if, it from guys the rule like of thumb us. Is,
1: the rule of thumb is if you can't find it, it's most likely an issue.
0: Right. But 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 in but like I always say, they're only hiding it from guys like us, okay? They're not, you know, sure. the, the league is going to find out, and it's not like we matter or anything like that. Uh, in, yeah, in order to turns, give you a
1: job, we're going to need a social security number to birth certificate son. Uh, he turns
3: 23 uh, in uh, May. So he's right up against it. So I'm not really yep. offending it that badly. I like him. We'll take him. We either. all took a,
1: We all took one, yeah. so you're allowed one too.
0: 35 pressures well, last
3: year pretty solid and we should task say and he played
0: interior like you talking yeah. about jeff guys that can kick inside he played interior until this year he played all interior yeah. until this year they kicked him outside so yeah and we should quickly mention the age guard and you know you and i have been the most uh, loudest voices defending the age guard rail and we've taken a raft of crap for it <laughs> if there's a class where it's going to get bent or broken This is the one because of the
1: COVID situation. It's a weird
0: way around
1: it. What this led to is it led to with a lower number of declarations. Yeah. So you've still got to make your picks. And I'm not sure the Browns are just going to say, you want to know what? We're going to punt three picks because we may have to take a player that does not fit in with the guardrail. Right. I gotta think gotta they'll do.
0: still do everything in their power to stay sure. within it. But sure. if there's a chance, it's definitely this year, I think. Uh, I'm going to make some people very angry. I'm going to make other people very confused. And I'm going to make Jeff very happy because he and I discovered this young man about the same time. Running back is not a desperate need. But we talked earlier at length about the future of Kareem Hunt. Is it beyond this year? Is Dion, Dearness Johnson here this year even if if beyond that? I don't know. And this front office has shown to be very adept at getting out of things and addressing positions when possible before it becomes a need, because that is how smart front offices operate. If you go into the draft with a need, that's how picks get forced and value gets lost. He transferred from Texas. He had one year at USC. He's not going to blow you away with the testing or anything like that. But if you watch him, his skill set, Keontae Ingram fits what the Browns do. He is exactly. What he's patient, 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 and then when he sees it, he's gone. He gets north and south. He's a, he's a good uh, pass catcher. I have not dug into his pass blocking yet, so I can't speak on that. But, again, right now we're at pick 191, guys. So, you know, you're looking for athletes. He can return kicks. He can do all kinds of stuff. I'm going to take Keontae Ingram, the running back from
1: uh, USC. Brent Sobolewski would love it. And a little USC, a little UCLA flavor in the skill department for the Browns. Um, for me, my final selection. Um, and I did not get to a tight end yet, and I still think that this will be done. Um, in in future <laughs> ones, I will definitely go higher with it. Um, but University of Maryland, 52 receptions this year, 441 yards, five touchdowns. And before I attempt, I'm going to slow it down because I had it perfectly. Jacosium Okonkwo. And this might be partly for my good buddy, Pete Smith, who loves the players of Nigerian descent, but six or three hundred and fifty, um, And you look at him wearing the single digit. I mean, dude looks the part. And for those of you out there who don't understand where, how good this tight end class is, they may say we're going to keep Austin Hooper this year. And they still may be heavily invested in yeah. adding a tight end from this group. 100%. Knowing that the end could be near somewhere along the line but also not getting caught with your pants down if, God forbid, they lose one of their top three. Do we all want them to maybe gravitate away from the three tight ends and not go that route as much because maybe now the wide receivers are a better option? Yes, but there's still going to be times where they are going to go that route. Um, But for a player like him, Adam Maryland, and I can't believe I actually put two Terrapins,
3: big maryland believer here jeff lloyd um, so <laughs> there may there
1: may have been a former flame back in the day who if Ayo. she seems right now is laughing her ass Ayo. off as i put two maryland players in here um but yeah uh you're gonna have to go they're gonna go tight end One of these selections will be used on a tight end austin hooper or not the browns will be investing in the tight end room all
3: right let's hard go to quick. argue I know we got a hard out at 845. I'm going to go. I have an additional pick here. I like Zach Tom out of Wake Forest. He'll be right up against the rail in terms of age. I think he turns in March 23. But late, uh, we talk about liking inside outside versatility. He fits his zone scheme really well. Uh, I like the uh, long term potential of him if they want to fit him as an interior player or an outside guy. Going to take him there that additional pick, and then I'll close at pick. I think I have picked pick. Everybody has 220, It's
0: like right? 220-ish. Okay. It's a me... little bit different on each board because some of them have comps and some of them don't, but it's right around 220, yeah.
3: All right, hold on now. It's my boy here? They don't have him?
0: No, they don't have any specialists.
3: What losers? <laughs> I'm taking Dicker the kicker if he's sitting here. I'm telling you right now. If I'm he's that you. good, he shouldn't be there in the seventh round. But I'm with you. I'm taking it. I'm with you. If, okay, Austin Cyber was taken in the fifth round. Jeff, let's use what—that—that's the logic now.
1: <laughs> so you want a good kicker? So that means you got to draft him. Before yeah. The fifth whatever. Round. Whatever. <laughs> when was McPherson
3: taken? Was he a fifth round guy or fifth sixth round? round? Fifth yeah. Round fifth round. round yes, sir course their fifth round guy works out well, let's not base things on john dorsey for god's sakes i know that's so how we got into this mess. Now. all right I
0: don't, uh, so you're uh, taking dicker to kicker let's just uh, we'll stipulate that and i'll move okay. on here because we right. do to have a short and sign time. him um,
1: to a lifetime contract because i'm going to do, do the same sell. thing <laughs>
0: um it, it, the kicker class and the punter class i think both cade york from lsu is is very interesting there's cameron dicker oh, no. uh, there's a couple but i'm going to go here because i think there's a group of punters the first three names there all have just w- nuclear warheads hanging from their hips. Matt Areza, of course, uh, uh, I set the record this year. Uh, Jay Carmada had some great kicks for Georgia, but I am going to go with the guy, and Jeff, you, we talked about this, who literally made people move practice at the Senior Bowl. He was disrupting <laughs> practice 70 yards away at the other end of the field on a consistent base, not just once. They actually went up to him and said, hey, can you kick it to the corner? Because they're trying to practice down there. So if they're going, if you're going to use a a pick on a specialist, this is the time to do it. I don't know if they will or not, but it would be hard to argue with Areza Carmada. I'm going to take Jordan Stout, the kid from Penn State, here to wrap mine up uh, uh, in in the seventh round.
1: I'd be more comfortable drafting punter and finding a veteran kicker because it just—I don't
3: know—but I get you. I get you. Well, rest for the biscuit, Steve. That's what we're doing out here. Absolutely. This is fun, we're,
0: guys. We're crazy. Uh, almost 50 of you are the last time I checked, still hanging out with us. Almost two hours in on a Tuesday night in February. You guys are maniacs, and we love you for it. Thank you for being here. Uh, we will have another uh, dueling mock draft every single Tuesday uh, up until the draft. And as we get closer, odds are probably pretty good we'll add another one uh, during the week and do two a week as we get closer and the draft mania starts Uh, We will post these. uh, We will screenshot the you guys both remember screenshot them. send it to me. I'll tweet them out so you guys can look at them in their totality. uh, Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're idiots. We're used to it. We love it. We're sort of a Helsinki syndrome at this point with no way. We're used to it. (laughs) Yes, it's comforting. If nobody's yelling at me, I get I get a little (laughs) at this point. Uh, We will be back. And, And like I said, stick around about 17 minutes from right now at the top of the hour the Garage Beers guys right here on this channel will have 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey champion Rob McClanahan will be here from the Miracle on Ice. I'm going to guess that game will probably come up in the conversation. So be sure to stick around for that. Thanks to Ian, our producer, for hanging out in the background with us. Uh, Thanks to all of you. Thanks to the new subscribers. Thanks to the new followers. Much love to Jake. Much love to Jeff. Love getting back the old band back together. Uh, It's always fun when the three of us get together. Uh, We'll see you guys later. And as always, uh, go Browns.